are in Christ Jesus. You are a child of the word. You were born again by the ever-abiding living word of God. You grow by the word and the trajectory of your life is shaped by the word. So the one who is beloved of God is what? So are you beloved of God? Are you a saint? Do people qualify to be saints? No. Is there any qualification to become a saint? Well, if there is any qualification, it is believing Jesus. So, the day you believed in Jesus, that is, you became a Christian, that very day, you have become a saint. And as you listen to this insightful teaching through our pastor, Pastor Dio Olushoga, lead pastor, S. Church International, may the eyes of your heart be enlightened. lavished upon us. The Bible said, while we were yet seen as Christ died for us. I said, this is how God commended his love towards us. He said, when we are yet undeserving, he gave his life for those who don't know him. Oh, Father, we thank you. The Bible said, what then shall separate us from the love of Christ? He said, what in this world is strong enough to separate us from this love of God that is in Christ Jesus? He said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor things present, nor things to come, is strong enough to separate us from the love of God that is for us in Christ Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness. We're so humble. We're so humbled and honored tonight. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, you may have a seat. Morning church. So what's that humming sound? What's that that is humming? What's that thing that is humming? Yes. Father, we give you thanks. I leave my voice to you. You're the awesome. Don't worry, I don't need that. Um, a 
teaching series that was two weeks ago. We began to look at Ecclesia. Hallelujah. And um, we're still continuing with that today. Glory to God. I said at the beginning of that um, teaching that this um, the teaching has a purpose. It has an intended purpose that it's meant. It has an aim of the teaching, you know, on Ecclesia. First and foremost is to intimate you with God's plan with respect to the local church. Hallelujah. That is to say, when we started, we tried to explore why there was church in the first place, why God established the local church, amen, or the church, you know, let me put it like that, why God established the church in the first place, and you, as a believer, ought to belong in a local church, glory to God, does that caption everything that we've been trying to look at? That when we started, the first thing that I said you need to understand is that you need to understand God's plan um, with respect to the local church. That is why God established the church in the first place. And then by extension, why you as a believer ought to belong in a local church. Now, you want to also ask and find out what will join in a local church, what will it do to me? Amen. And so that's part of what we're looking at. Are you following me? Now, in learning, there is something that is going to happen. You know, in learning all those things, glory to God, there's something that is going to happen. The the goal, more like a second part of the goal of this teaching, is to make an apologist out of you. Hallelujah. There is a section in theological study that is called apologetics. Hallelujah. And that simply means defense. Do you understand? And you remember that when we started, we read from 1 Peter 3 and verse 15. First Peter 3 and verse 15. Before we read, I will state some things to you. You see, it is the will of God. That's what we'll read after this. It is the will of God for every man to be saved. And of course, you know that the moment they get saved, they won't be launching around the road again. Hallelujah. They won't be roaming the street again. Have you ever seen a child that is born and you just pack that child by the roadside? We find them in Nigeria a lot, actually. And then when we find them, there are people, organizations that pick those children and begin to cater for them. Is that so? So what I'm trying to get you to see is that when children are born, they ought to belong in a local family where they are catered for. Right? Now, it is the will of God for people to be... Of the big 
family of God that is all over the world. Hallelujah. So, that means when people are born again, they ought to belong in a local church because it is the will of God. Now, when they are born again and they are attending a local church, something is supposed to happen to them. They are supposed to grow spiritually. They are supposed to be more knowledgeable. Glory to God. Now, when they are getting more knowledgeable, again, it means they are better off. That's what's bringing us to this point now. They are better off in answering questions that pertain to their faith. That is when you ask them, why do you believe what you believe? They don't give you a general answer. My parents are Christians, and so I'm a Christian. I've always been a church person all my life. That is not solid enough. That when you are asked, why do you believe in God? You have concrete answers to defend your faith. Or not even people asking you now when circumstances, situations that makes it look as if God must be, you know, sleeping on duty. Hallelujah. Or circumstances that makes it look as if no. God is really not against me. I mean, God is really not for me. If it was for me, then, I mean, things shouldn't be like this. At those very points, at those moments, what answers will you have to supply to those life circumstances? Will it make you question your faith? In the first place, are you solid enough? Is your conviction, are your convictions, are they deep enough? Upon what are those convictions based? That guarantees that it will stand the test of time. When you get a better offer, quote and unquote, than what Christianity is offering you, will you turn Christianity? These are based on the convictions that you start with. Look at First Peter, three, verse fifteen. Say, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Say, be ready always to give an answer. That means you must know what you believe. You must know why you are a Christian. You must know why you go to church. You must know why you belong in the local church. You must know. You must know God's plan. You must know the vision. Hallelujah. And so it is the will of God for every believer to be knowledgeable. First Timothy chapter 2 now. Mandologo Rastalamandi. First Timothy 2, 3 and verse 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4. Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So it is the will of God for all men to be saved. That is when they are saved, when they are born again, they become sons of God. Is that right? 
John chapter 1 and verse 12 says, So as many as believed in him, to them gave he power to become sons of God. Even to them that believe in his name. So when people believe in Christ, they become sons of God. That means they belong in God's family. That means if they belong in God's family, they should identify with a representation of God's family on earth. And that is the church. And so for that reason, they should belong in a local church. But as many as received him to them, gave him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Go back to 1 Timothy 2 and verse 4 now. So we will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So God wants men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And we have established that when men are saved, it means they are born again. It means they become sons of God. And if they are sons of God, it means by extension, they already belong in God's universal family. And they ought to identify with a fraction of that family. That fraction of that family is called the local church. A congregation just like you have right here now. But what is going to be happening while they are in that place? They will come to the knowledge of the truth. What's truth? Hallelujah. Why looking at rightly dividing the word? You know, we've been looking at that, you know, for some time too. And we looked at that on Wednesday. Second Timothy 2 and verse 15 says that study to show yourself approved unto God. Second Timothy 2 and verse 15. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So it's the same thing that was said in 1 Timothy 2, 4. You will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Glory to God. Rightly dividing the word of truth. What is the word of truth like we have rightly established earlier? Colossians 1, verse 5. Wait everything. Wait everything. We will shine for your glory. Wait everything. Wait everything. Wait everything. We will. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye had before, in the word of the truth of the gospel. So what is the word of truth? The word of truth is the gospel. So when the Bible says that it will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, it says it wants them to come into a comprehension of the gospel that he have believed and by which they've been saved. Hallelujah. And so it appears like the gospel is the same message that gets saved. And is the same that nurtures to maturity. Are we together? The same gospel that saves is the same that nurtures to maturity. Now the Bible says it is the will of God for believers to comprehend it. 
That means as a believer, you should not be ignorant of the truths that pertain to you in Christ. That means it is the will of God for you to know the realities that you possess in Christ. That means it is the will of God for you to have a revelation of Christ. Hallelujah. As a matter of God, I mean, as a matter of fact, rather, it is the will of God for you to comprehend it. Somebody said, but no, that is for pastors, you see. That's the previous assumption. That when you are knowing the Bible too much, you are already becoming a minister. As a matter of fact, maybe you are a student and in your room you read the Bible a lot. Before you know it, your roommate will tag you, ah, pastor, evangelist. As a matter of fact, if you now step it up, you like to share the gospel a lot. You have gotten the title. Amen. But this is what God wants you to know and do. Amen. A little digression before we go on. Every believer is a minister. Every believer has received the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. Start from 17 actually so that I can be very clear. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, what reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Please, who is that horse? Who is that horse? Who is that horse? So the believer has received what? The ministry of reconciliation. And so every believer has her ministry, the ministry of reconciliation. And so if you will be effective in fulfilling this mandate of God upon your life, that means you have to be committed as though you are a minister indeed. That means you will really be a student of the Bible. And so, that thing that you think is exceptional to pastors and people who really want to become pastors is actually for every believer. Ah, but I'm not supposed to be that deep now. Well, that is if you are not a believer. But if you are a believer, you have this ministry of reconciliation and you are supposed to be deep. So that means when you come to church and you are being taught, actually you are being prepared for this ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. That means you are actually being prepared for this ministry, for this assignment. So that means it's not only pastors that have assignments. Every believer has an assignment. And so that means when believers come to church and they are learning and they are being taught God's word, they are not being taught as spectators. They are being taught so that they can be equipped to teach others. Hallelujah. Do you know one of the first places where 
the question of your faith is usually being asked. It is when you are sharing with other people. It is when you share with other people. It is when you are telling other people about the gospel that they challenge what you believe. You tell them about Jesus. They tell you, have you seen that Jesus? And then you are bound to defend the Jesus you have not seen. You tell them about the Holy Ghost. And then you are bound to defend the Holy Ghost that you believe that you have not seen. You tell them God heals and you are bound to defend that healing God. Hallelujah. And so in fact, that is one of the most primary places where the question of your faith is asked. Hallelujah. But I know what the problem is. The problem is that for so long a time, people have been used to going to church where they are passive. But it's not the church of Jesus. Is that a template that the world reveals to us about the church of Jesus? I'm not saying when you come to church you don't experience miracles, but that is not the primary thing. I'm not saying when you go to church, brother, your eyes should not be sharp to see sister. But that is not the primary thing why you're why you're in church. That means sister, the reason why you dress well to church is not so that one brother can see you. That's not the primary reason. All those other things can happen, but the primary thing must remain the primary thing. Pastor, pray for me. I want to have a miracle. It is good, but that is not the primary thing. Don't forget, pray for you, getting miracles can move your life forward here on earth. Hallelujah. But don't forget that there is such a thing as eternal reward. That we will receive for fulfilling our assignment. Do you understand what I'm saying? So they can pray for you to receive miracles here on earth. They can pray for you to receive eternal reward. It is your own responsibility. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 4. And so if you attain the church where the word is taught, if you attend the church where, you know, there is emphasis on the teaching of the word, glory to God. I feel like I know that church is a boring church. They just stay on the word too long. Can't we have other things? Drama. Let's 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 dramatize. Eh? Let's bring who is that coming here? Let's bring him. Dr. Smart. And I love him, you know. Let's bring him to church. Let's make people ah ah. You are digressing from the norm. If we want to have that, let's have a different setting for that. But as far as this thing called church and church service is concerned, this is the purpose. 
As a matter of fact, I have a lot of friends that are into, you know, comedy. I have a number of them. I have a number of MC as friends. But I'm saying that when we talk about church, this is what it was established for. Hallelujah. The pastor, let's bring. She can sing. She can, when people st- when she starts singing, everybody will be rolling on the floor, be crying, worshiping God with their tears, and using their hair to rub Jesus's feet. Amen. No, when we are talking about church, even if there are services that are de- designated for that purpose. <clears throat> The purpose still remains the teaching of the word. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, let's go from verse 11. Now before you read Ephesians 4 and verse 11, let me tell you something. I found it to be true again and again and again in my life. Hallelujah. And I think it's going to bless you. You see, when you stay with God's model and order of doing things. <laughs> I said it before. The will of God is blessed already. You won't have to do anything extra for it to be blessed. Let him that has here hear that. The will of God is blessed already. That means if you do it the way God has said to do it, it is blessed already. And Jerome said, when he's preparing for meetings, he doesn't pray. Does he mean he doesn't pray as a believer? He prays. But that meeting is coming. Let's fast and he said, I don't I don't do all those things. Why? The one who told me to do it has blessed it before I stepped out to do it. So I don't do all those things. Of course, he will pray to maintain his devotion as a believer. But that it will not take up special, you know, armed forces. Swat. Or swat. Hallelujah. No, the will of God is blessed already. So if you see some of us that we are hammering on it and we say, let's do it the way God has said to do it. It's because we know that the will of God is blessed already. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Do you know that before he got to this place, what he was saying in um, verse 7 and verse 8. Let me read 7 and 8, and then I'll jump to verse 11. So you can understand what he was saying. In Ephesians 4, 7 and 8, it says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the grace of Christ. Thank you. Wherefore he said, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Hallelujah. He gave gifts unto men. Look at verse 11. And he gave some. Change the translations. Change the translation. And he personally gave some to be apostles. Do you have another translation? 
I think the amplifier said he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists. So the gifts that God gave are these ministry gifts. Did you hear that? The gifts that God gave. It is not that he gave some the office of an apostle. He gave men the gift of apostles. That means God sends men to his body. So those men that he sent them are the gifts. They are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Those men are the gifts. Hallelujah. And as you can see, they largely function in the church. Glory to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And God has set some in the church. So he has set these ministry gifts in the church, in the body. Apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracle, gifts of healing, and so on and so forth. Amen. So in Ephesians 4 and verse 11, go back there. He gave some as apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Hallelujah. Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. So, this ministry gives that function in the church. Their purpose is clear for the perfecting of the saints. Hallelujah. For the perfecting. The word perfect is to equip. Hallelujah. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, King James mobbled this place up. What he says is, for the perfecting of the saints, that the saints can do the work of ministry, and then the body of Christ will be edified. For the training of the saints in the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ. So, the ministry gift will train the saints in doing the work of ministry. And then when they do the work of ministry, notice that the work of ministry that they do is the measure of reconciliation. Then the body of Christ will be expanded, will be built up. Hallelujah. Are we together? And so you can see the things that take place in the church that it is primarily for the equipping of the believer. And what are those things that are stated? The believer becomes knowledgeable. The believer becomes stabilized. Go on, verse 13. Change it to King James. Until we all, till we all call. You see, that process will continue. That process of perfecting will continue. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Say, so you see, there will be no more deeper life. There will be no more head church. There will be no more Christ embassy. X, Y, Z church. That's not what he's saying. Since till we all come to a point of um, to, to we all come to the union of the day and the knowledge of the Son of God. What is he saying? 
He says, we will come to a common place. Hallelujah. Where we are knowledgeable in the faith that is common to all of us. Hallelujah. That's why it says, that we all come in the unity of the faith. That is of the knowledge of the Son of God. Look at this, unto a perfect man. So who is the perfect man? Who is the mature man? The man that is knowledgeable. Someone says, I've been born again 25 years. I'm an elder in the faith. That's not how to become elder. So that is, this is how to become elder. So I've been born again 35 years. No, that's not how to become elder. That's not how to become Agba. This is how to become an Agba. Who is an elder in the faith? The man that is perfect, that is refined in his knowledge of the soul of God. That's an elder. Hallelujah. That means this does not have anything to do with age. That means the ministry gift God has set over your church may look young. He's an elder because he's knowledgeable in the knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. I said, this is how to become elders indeed. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. The word perfect is mature. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Next verse. That we henceforth, see this is the point. This is the point. That we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Hallelujah. So, the goal of the church or the reason why you are coming to church is that you will be built up so much that you are knowledgeable about your faith. That every other believer shares in. Amen. It's a common faith. It's not peculiar to you. Hallelujah. And that's what we established last Sunday that there is no faith of Baptist. There's no faith of Methodist. There's no faith of Anglican. There's one common faith. And so there's no such thing as this is what I believe. This is what they believe. This is what that church. There is no such thing as peculiar doctrine. Amen. He says that once for be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Amen. By the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in way to deceive. Verse 15. But speaking in truth and love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So as a believer, when you learn, are you following? When you learn God's word like this, when you come to a local church, something is supposed to happen to you, or something will happen to you. What happens? You are stabilized. You are stabilized, not by one man's belief, not by what one person believes, but by the truth of the word of God. So that no matter what anybody else comes to say, it can't move you because you are standing on the truth of the word. Hallelujah. But today you hear padlock destiny. Tomorrow you say you hear restore my glory. Next tomorrow you hear seven seas and seven stars. 
Hallelujah. And then you hear on your market set, heavenly race. Can I ask you a question? What was wrong with you? What was really, really wrong with you? Or can we ask, who are they? Let's go and beg them. If it's village people, we can beg them. Hallelujah. Do you know what causes that? That confusion in belief. It's because you hear this today. You hear that tomorrow. You hear that tomorrow. You must have a local church that you belong to. You must have one ministry gift that speaks particularly into your life. You can't say that's my church, but that's my spiritual father. Confusion gone on rampage. Say so that's my church, but that's my pastor. What's wrong with you? Go and wash your head. Hallelujah. And so, how the people get to this point of being stabilized? How do people get to this point of being firm, deeply rooted in their faith, that they become unmovable? Oh, glory to God. What joy when a man gets to that point. You stop believing, Sister Angelica, that died yesterday and went to hell and resurrected 10 days after. Saying, Low, 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 my people. The Heavenly Father spake to me. You are even speaking King James English. Hallelujah. You know that when you want to prophesy. Behold, thy Lord cometh. Uh-uh. Who told you that those people that wrote Bible, they spoke in James English? Who told you? You stop believing Sister Angelica. You stop believing Prophet Matthias. That went to heaven and saw that it only has 155 spaces. So if it has 155 spaces, how many people is going? And then he said, that is it. There are only 155 all over the world. Theory from Nigeria. (laughs) Theory from Nigeria. 10 from Ghana. 10 from Europe. And then they will say, ah, ah. Have you not read the book of Revelations? When John said, I saw a great multitude whom no man can number. He said, I saw a great multitude whom no man can number. They come to you and say, Is your name in this book of life? Ah. Hmm. Hmm. My name has been written with the blood of the Son of God. Pencil, you can erase it. If it is barrel, you can tip exit. This is blood. Hallelujah. How is it that we get to that point? You see, how is it that we get to that point that we are sure, sure, sure? How is it that we get there? That you are sure, sure, sure. 
It's the same message that says that matures. Hallelujah. It's by the gospel. Second Timothy 3, and then we get into revealing Christ in a short moment. We round up. Hallelujah. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Second Timothy 3 and 16. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect. Can you see that word perfect again? Totally furnished unto all good works. All scripture, with scriptures, all scripture, what is the end view, the purpose of these all scriptures? Give us the previous verse, verse 15. 15 of 2 Timothy 3. Hallelujah. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So the scriptures that talk about Christ. Hallelujah. So who is it that the scriptures are talking about? This Christ and his saving work. Hallelujah. John 5 and 39. John 5 39 says, Cite the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. So whom do the scriptures testify about? Whom do the scriptures point to? And like we've been saying all, you know, for the past two weeks, that if you rightly read the scriptures, if you read them carefully, you will realize that it is indeed speaking about Christ. Hallelujah. That is, they are like billboards with a direction on them. What do they do? They point you in a direction that you are going to. How many people ever get to a billboard? Like you were coming to church this morning, you saw Providence Event Center, you saw their billboard outside, and then when you go there, you say, Ah, thank you, give me a chair. Was that what you did? Or you are going for a, um, oh, I'm there. And then you were following Google Maps, so you saw billboard. Ah, this is the place I'm going. And when you go there, you just sat down under the billboard. You know? And then you're like, um, please pass the small chops. I know what they will do to you immediately. They just come and bond to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, you will do what? You will follow the arrow. So the Old Testament, that is the scriptures of the Old Testament, they are like that. They point you. To the Christ. They serve as witnesses. Hallelujah. Now, witness as how? Notice that John the Baptist was a prophet. And the reason why he was able to identify the Messiah was because he himself said that the one who sent me to baptize said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit, see like a prophet. So he's not saying that they bed, and it's true, there is no bed. John 3 
coming. Oh, John 1.32, sorry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, John 1, let's start from 30. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me. 31, and I knew him not. Can you see? But he, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing water. So what is the purpose of John's baptism? To reveal Christ to Israel. That it might be made manifest. Hallelujah. To Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. So that means the day John baptized Jesus. He fulfilled this ministry. Now 32. And John bear record saying. I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And it abode upon him. 33. And I knew him not. But I, but he that sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me. Upon whom thou will see the spirit descending and remain on him. The same is he which will baptize with the Holy Ghost. So John didn't know this guy. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, Jesus was his cousin. Elizabeth and Mary. Hallelujah. Jesus was his cousin. But he didn't know he was the Messiah. In all likelihood, they must have grown together. So he apparently didn't know. But there was something that he had been given with which we identified the Messiah. He was told that whosoever you see the spirit descending upon like a dove, that is the Messiah. So on this faithful day, John saw the spirit descending on Christ. And he just knew this is the one. But we today, hallelujah, how do we identify the Messiah? Hallelujah. The Bible said we have a more sure word of prophecy. Hallelujah. We have a more sure word of prophecy. First Peter. First John 1 from verse 9. Are we together? Receiving the hand of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. Who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or more manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them. This signify, this signify when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Verse um, 12. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them which have preached unto you the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which which things the angels desire to look into. Hallelujah. Wherefore guard up the loins of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Um, go to Second Peter chapter one. From verse 16. Hallelujah. Notice that he said that these things that is being preached, the prophet have testified about it. Amen. Now go again, 2 Peter 1 verse 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, 
when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So, John had something with which he could identify the Messiah. Peter is here making reference to another thing with which they were convinced that this is the Messiah. Let's go on. We have not phonically devised fables, but when, when we minister to you, when we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty, verse 17, you will know what he's talking about now. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, where what, what event was he referring to? What event? No. No. What was he referring to? What? For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we had, when we were with him in the holy mount. What is he talking about? Where? The mount of transfiguration. And at the mount of transfiguration, what happened? They saw Moses and who? And Elijah. They saw the heaven opened. And a voice came. Now, these guys, eh? I didn't say these guys. He said, these guys said, we have something that in itself is convincing. What was that thing? We were with him on the holy mount. We would have gone everywhere preaching. Hallelujah. On the grounds of that event, on the grounds of that revelation. That when we were with him on the holy mountain, the heavens opened. We saw Moses. We saw Elijah. So definitely this must be the Messiah. But look at what Peter said. Verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do well that ye take it. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. Look at 20. Knowing this force that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. So what is the more sure word of prophecy that he's talking about? The prophecy of the scriptures. 21. For the prophecy came not, of, came not in all time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Peter said, the grounds of our conviction, look at me, that this is the Christ. is not solely based on the fact that we're with him on the holy mountain. We have a more sure word of prophecy. That means what that spectacular revelation will do, the prophet of the scriptures will do. If that revelation of the Christ would convince us that we saw everyone, we saw Moses, we saw Elijah. Amen. If that revelation can convince, hallelujah. He said the prophets of the scripture can convince. Now, let's bring it up. You know that there are people that, when they see a prophet that comes and appears to them, and say, me, in the last 10 days, I've been juggling between the third heaven and the fourth heaven. I only come back to this earthly realm once in a while. And then he starts. You wore red yesterday. You drank conflicts. You 
you walk in so so and so place. You know to them this is God standing in my front. Or he says, I am a compatriot of Saint Michael. Saint Michael and me, we roll together. Not eating pepper nor salt in the last 21 days. Ah, you go like wow. You go like wow. This must be God. The Bible said if you are still a believer, though those things move you, you are in appeals. Because Peter. And the apostles, when they were going to stand and defend their apostolicity, they didn't come and say, we were with Jesus on the holy mountain. They didn't prove themselves apostles on the grounds of spectacular revelation. Even Jesus, when he came back from hell, he didn't talk about his experience in hell. Even Jesus... When Jesus came back from the dead, he did exegesis. He interpreted scriptures. He used scriptures to validate everything that happened to him. But you see a man, he just comes, use experience to validate himself, and you are dumbfounded. He said, We have a more sure word of prophecy. Hallelujah. Not that I see seven stars, I see seven mountains. Not that in the last 21 days, I've been at the bottom of the sea. Are you Yemoja? I've not seen the sky in the last 40 days. You wish not to. You wish not to. Now you can see, some of you, the boat in your mind is losing right now. What do I mean? All the parlor that has knocked you is losing. Because some of you, you are carried over by experiences. Your conviction of Christ is not based on the scriptures alone. It's in any place where they are floating. It's in floating. Now, nothing wrong in the spectacular. Hallelujah. But if your conviction is not based on the word, you are the sweet easiest to sweep away. Before you know it, you are worshiping Guru Maharaj. Because the, the devil is the god of the sense realm. He knows the thing that can easily sweep you off your feet. Just introduces it. Hallelujah. He said, We have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto, if you do well and take it, it will guide you as a light. Give us that place in another translation. We also we have a more sure word of prophecy. Because, no, 19, I mean. Hurry, my time is fast spent. So we have the prophetic word, can you see? Strongly confirmed. You will do well to pay attention to it. The prophetic word, talking about the Old Testament writings. 
the writings of the prophets. You will do well to pay attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dismal place. Like a lamp that guides you in the, in the dark place. And he says what? Until the day dawns and the morning star arise in your heart. So he said if you follow the prophetic writings very well, it will guide you. Hallelujah. That means the prophetic crisis are solid enough without spectacular revelation. They are solid enough to reveal Christ and his finished work to us. As a matter of fact, everything that the Christ will come to do has been spoken about in the writings of the prophets. To serve as what? A witness. And so if you can catch a revelation, look at this. That means we can catch a revelation of the Christ as well from the Old Testament writings. Glory to God. That means we say, see the Christ. And all that will come to do, it has been spoken about in the writings of the prophet. Now, whilst you must know about the revelation of the Christ in the Old Testament, you must also have it at the back of your mind that um, anyone, any minister, any ministry gift, that everything he validates does not stand on the premise of the world that is not solid enough. Hallelujah. That means again, any doctrine you want to push, if you cannot establish it in the scriptures from the old and the new, it is not solid. Amen. All doctrine must have foundation in the Old Testament and in the New. And so if somebody has a problem and says, all those New Testament, new generation pastors, all that they know how to do is carry a pistol. It's only a pistol they know how to use to preach. I will preach from the Old Testament for you now, now. Hallelujah. Say all those pastors, they like to focus on Paul. Even Paul does not know all the revelation. He says, Paul does not know the revelation. Cabo, the last of the apostles. Welcome, oh. Welcome. The descendant of Paul. Welcome. Hallelujah. So, the authenticity of any message is that, or the authenticity of any doctrine, is that it has basis in the old and in the new. And so for us, if we believe in Christ like we do here, that is the God that forgives sins. That is the God of all grace. Then we are showing, we are, we are playing, we are putting it down. Okay? And we are looking at it through the scriptures. And supplying the evidence of our conviction. Glory to God. No Cornelius device tables. No ideology of men. Hallelujah. And so Christ can be revealed from the whole. As we begin to round of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 3 rather, not 4.
from verse 12. You are God alone from before time began. And you are on your throne. You are Second Corinthians 3:12. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded. For until this day remained the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament. So he says there is a veil over the Old Testament. Hallelujah. There is something covering the real thing that is intended to be communicated, which is in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. You know when they hand a letter to you and it's in an envelope, the envelope is sealed. You know you can't see what is in the letter, but the letter is in your hand. He said, the, 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 in the whole testament, there are things that are inside of it, but there is a veil placed upon it. Hallelujah. Does that guy have the letter? He does. But has it been unsealed? No. From this day, the same veil remains untaken away in the reign of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. That means that people are oblivious to what is actually inside what they are reading. They are reading it, but they don't know. Hallelujah. Are we, are we, are we following? They are reading, but they are clueless. Remember the utopian eunuch that Philip caught up with. Where was he really? Isaiah 53. Go to Acts chapter 8. You are fine, You are in Acts 8:27. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, an Enoch of great authority, under can the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem to worship. So an Ethiopian, you know, came to worship in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself unto this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and had him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understand that thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I access someone come to guide me. And he desired Philip that I would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which you read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Like a lamb dumb before his chair. So he opened up his mouth. In his humiliation, in his humiliation his judgment was taken away. Which are declared generation. For his life is taken from the heart. Hallelujah. Look at what the Ethiopian eunuch said in 34. And the eunuch answered Philip, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this. Answer me, who was the prophet in this speaking about? Who was the prophet talking about? Was this Ethiopian Enoch reading it? Was he reading it? But what, there was a veil on his mind. And so in 2 Corinthians 3, go back there. Paul says that in the reading of the Old Testament, there is a veil on the mind of the people. So that they cannot really see the facts behind what is being said. Why is that so? Because under the Old Testament, in the writings of Moses, a lot of things were represented in ties and shadow. Hallelujah. Things were represented in what? In typology. 
Hallelujah. They were killing animals for sacrifice. They thought it was about an animal. John the Baptist came and said, the Lamb of God that really, really takes away the sin of the world, this is he that stands before you. But all along, they've been thinking it was a lamb. Hallelujah. Serpent beat people in the wilderness. God told Moses, lift up a bronzing serpent that you will make. When you lift it up, anyone that looks to that serpent will be healed. In John 3.15, the Bible says, um, just as Moses raised up a serpent in the wilderness, John 3.15, so that anyone that looks up to that serpent, I mean, to the bronzing serpent, is healed. Likewise, anyone that looks up, that will serve believeth in him. No. 3.14, right? Okay, John 3.14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so was the son of man be lifted up. 15 now. That whosoever believed in him should not pray, brother. So it was not really about the bruising serpent. He was a typology of the Savior that will be raised up. And everyone that believes in him will be saved. Hallelujah. Abraham received a covenant from God. And he was asked to circumcise himself. And every of his children that is born in his house. Glory to God. But was it really about circumcision and opening of the first king? Are those that circumcise themselves under the Old Testament, are they the real Jews? Hallelujah. Or is it just a representation of something that is to come? Romans chapter 2. Lena Mashota Labahati. Lena Mantoshe Alamatos. Lena Masobrahatos. From 28 to 29, Romans 2. He said, For he is not a Jew, who? which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. So the real circumcision is not the circumcision of the flesh. Okay. Tell me, what is he then? Boy, he is a Jew. Which is born inwardly. Circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit, not in the letter. Whose praise is not of men, but of God. Oh, the circumcision that they were making in the flesh was a type of the circumcision that Christ would come and do. Which would not actually be on the body, but in the spirit. Oh, okay. So it was just a representation. A foretaste of the better thing to come. Hmm. And if you know the claims that these Jewish guys make on the ground of just knowing that they are in a covenant with God, if you know their mentality, they believe that they are, most, they are the most preferred. They believe that they are the most peculiar. Because that was the promise God made to them. Hallelujah. He told them, he said, then you will be to me the most preferred of all nations. Deuteronomy 7 verse 7. 
Deuteronomy 7 from 6 to 7. Are you there? For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, Kaya, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Look at verse 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you. Woo! So God has set his love upon these people. And that is their consciousness. That we are the recipient of God's love. Hallelujah. They believe that they are in favor with God. Why? I'm a Jew. Hallelujah. So, it wasn't really about the circumcision. It was about something else that the Christ would come and do. Are we together? It wasn't just about that. Glory to God. What about Abraham? Hallelujah. Bible says to God, Abraham believed, I mean the Bible says, Abraham believed God. Genesis 15 and verse 6 said Abraham believed God and his faith was counted as righteousness. Genesis 15 and verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and he was counted to him for righteousness. What did Abraham believe? What did he find? What did he believe? Galatians 3 and verse 8. About to rush over a lot of things. And the scripture foreseen that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached beforehand the gospel unto Abraham. Who? God preached the gospel to Abraham. The gospel was preached to Abraham, yes. Saying, Indeed shall all nations be blessed. So Abraham also had the gospel preached to him. And he believed. Definitely the gospel could not have been preached without making a mention of Christ. Hallelujah. Again, we see a mention of the Christ. Glory to God. What about um, these, these two sons of Abraham? Ishmael and Isaac. One was a child of the promise. And one was not by the promise. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 9. We'll look explicitly into that. Either during the week or next week Sunday. Because I'm going to round up now. Hallelujah. From verse 6. Not as though the word of God are taking on effect. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham. Are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is. They which are children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. But the children of the promise. Are counted for the seed. Hallelujah. For this is the word of the promise. At this time will I come. And Sarah will have a son. Glory to God. Again check Galatians. Galatians um, chapter 4. 
from 22. Galatians 4, 22. For it is written that Abraham had two sons. One by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was born of the bond woman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory. Hallelujah. So he says, the birth of Isaac and Ishmael, they are allegories. Hallelujah. Representations, figurative. Glory to God. What is he representing? For these are two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendered to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar, which is Mount Sinai in Arab, and also to Jerusalem, which now is an bondage with her children. Look at 26. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free. Go downward. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of the promise. Glory to God. So the Bible says that Isaac and Ishmael are an allegory. Representation of two covenants. What is the two covenants? The whole covenant to which the Jews belong. And the new covenant to which believers belong. Hallelujah. And so it wasn't really about Ishmael. The real storyline is how God, amen, is how God would give children or get children by a promise. Glory to God. And so that's what we're saying. That you see, by the time you read the scriptures properly, by the time you understand how to read the scriptures properly, the stories in the Bible will take up a new meaning. Because the intended meaning in them will eventually be disclosed. Hallelujah. So we are like Isaac. The children begotten by promise. Hallelujah. We are the children begotten by promise. Amen. We are the one whom the father loves. Hallelujah. You know it's not partiality. It's not like Abraham just neglected Ishmael. And then he loves Isaac. No. He is the real child that was promised. Actually, God didn't see Ishmael in the, in the, in the, on the board. Hallelujah. And so when God thinks about the people he loves, no, he doesn't think, I used to like the Jews. And then I'm not liking Christians. No, no, no. You are the one he has always intended to love. Say, God, if you can love me like David, ah, ah. If you can love me like Abraham, what are you saying? I want to be your friend like Abraham. Are you joking? Are you joking? Let me be, oh, let me be like Enoch, the guy that walk with you. Enoch is wishing to be like you. What is the problem? You have never known how much you are loved of the Father. You have never known how much you are loved of the Father. Rise up on your feet this morning. Oh, Mandalaba, Sotalabaya. I'm love of the Father.
see a particular person. You'll be leaping. You'll be leaping. You'll be making attempts. It's as if there are mountains that are in front of you. But in your heart, you know you can climb over. In your heart, you know you can scale over. But it's all these thoughts in your mind. How I wish God can help me. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, there are specific desires in your heart. Hallelujah. To die, there are specific desires in your heart. Hallelujah. There are questions that the Lord will just have me ask you this morning. What would you do if you know you are the Lord of the Father? What would you dare to do? What would you, what moves would you dare to make? What moves would you dare to make? This is the confidence with which we walk and do things. We know that we are Lord of the Father. And it takes us all steps of the way. to do is to speak words and prophesy. Glory to God. What I'm trying to help you to do right now is that I'm just helping you create the atmosphere that you need because your miracle is here right now. I tell you, if you need creating miracles, they are here right now. You know, when I come, I don't come. Well, look at me. I don't come as a, I don't come as another person. I come here with the power of God's spirit. You understand? That we don't try to do all these things. I come, it is my <laughs> faculty. You don't understand? There are faculties that are working. Do you understand? You might not see the angels that are working, they are here. You might not see the angels that are working, but they are very active.
sun corner because I see you. I see water. And what you are reaching for is beyond the sea, that it is oversea. You've been reaching out for something and it's oversea. It's a project. And it's as if they've been denying you that thing. Oh, 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 oh. 